probably all be checking in with someone every now and then. After we, we imploded in the league last year, I wasn't right for yeah. a long time. Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTV Sports app now. Now then, you're very welcome back. Dermot Gleese of the Sunday Independent joins us on the line. Evening, Dermot. Evening, Joe. I'm sure, like many, you uh, watched in wonder 25 years ago when the kid called Woods arrived on the scene and dominated Augusta. It is quite extraordinary 25 years later the extent to which uh, the game is still so enamoured with him, in some respects so reliant on him. It's been uh, just such an eye-catching few days around Augusta, the Woods' return. Oh, I mean, it's been amazing, Joe. I mean, I can hardly believe it. Uh, you know, the, the excitement he has generated. Now, on Monday, for instance, I, I gather they let in a fairly hefty attendance, probably 50,000 uh, people. But um, they, the commentators who were there were saying, like, I mean, there was greater excitement around Tiger in practice than there was in several uh, recent Masters, you know, in the actual event itself on Sunday. Um, it's just amazing what, what's been happening. Thrilling. Yeah. I, when you consider even all his, mo- even his most recent updates were incredibly downbeat. And it seems, based on everything he has said, and not least just turning up and, and making a decision, as he put it, on game day as to whether he was going to play or not, he is squeaking in here just in time and not even sure himself how he'll go. No, um... Yeah, I suppose you know. Would he? Would he be any? Would he feel any differently in a month or two? I don't know. I mean, my thinking, Joe, was, and a lot of people were of this view, that if he was going to make a major comeback, the ideal one would have been St Andrews, you know, which um, is a gentle stroll uh, in terms of of, of um, walking four rounds compared to Augusta National. But um, I imagine he, he, you know, if you think of him locked up effectively for almost a year and uh, with one focus to get back playing again and then he he played with um, and he did he he and Charlie did did very well and the P was it the P something the family won the yeah. family event just before Christmas and I don't know the fact that he could the fact that he was a, a past winner meant he could um, make his mind up any time he liked I think that probably had a lot to do with it as well, you know. But I'd say that um, deep down, he believes he can do it. I mean, if you if you look back to the risk he took, for instance, at Torrey Pines in the U.S. Open of 2008, I mean, it was only afterwards we learned of the extent of the damage to his left leg when he actually played those, um, uh, what, five rounds it was, as it turned out. I mean, he had a, he had hairline fractures of his shin, apart from a major problem with his uh, with his left knee. And yes, yes, he determined to do it. You know, I mean, I don't know what sort of medical advice he got back then, but I mean, it would appear that he makes his own mind up about these things. Why do you think he's such a compelling figure within the game? I mean, I've never seen anything like it before, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, he's just so electric, so exciting. I mean, I watched Nicholas right through his career, and there was something extremely controlled and composed 
about everything that Nicholas did in golf. Now it was it was thrilling to watch him win win events, nonetheless. But and there was there was huge excitement in in '86 when he won his sixth Masters, but. The explosive nature of Woods. I mean, he's a thrilling figure as an athlete mm. to look at, mm. uh, quite apart from from uh, his achievements. And um, everything is done with uh, with the ult- ultimate panache. I mean, he never lets you uh, he never lets you forget just how good a player he is. Just in case you you sort of might take some of his shots for granted. He will make sure with his fist pumping and everything else that he's taking you with him on this journey. Mm. And um, a showman, I suppose, you know, to put it in his simplest terms. But I've never seen anything to compare with it. I mean, golf by its very nature doesn't lend itself to a Woods figure. Yeah. And I suppose that's why why he uh, he is so thrilling to watch. Freddie Couples played with him on the Monday and was effusive, yeah. effusive about Woods's game afterwards. Yeah. He said Woods was every bit as long off the tee as Justin Thomas. He said the driver was, quote, a machine. Uh, the iron play was the typical iron play. We're talking maybe about the greatest iron player of all time. And he said Woods didn't spend all that much time putting out. But as Couples said, he's Tiger Woods. He knows how to put around here. So that yeah. was very encouraging the way it's being talked about and we're not going to know until maybe an hour into his round tomorrow I suppose but the way it's been talked about is that the concern here is his body but the game seems to be in remarkably good shape which you know suddenly that makes him a live contender obviously I mean it's very hard to predict anyone's going to win it especially in Woods's instance but yeah. it makes him a contender if the game is anything approaching uh, passable by Woods standards yeah, I mean, you're talking about driving. I was just uh, doing some homework there before we come on. And um, in 2019, when he won his fifth um, Masters, mm. um, he was, I was looking at his position, he was 58 in driving distance. Right. Uh, and that's only out of 65 players Mm. Uh, in the final round. I mean, he was averaging 285-yard drives compared to Rory, who was second, with an average drive of 320. But the most significant stat from that particular uh, event was that Tiger was first in greens and regulation. Yes. And uh, that tells me that he's long enough. He's not going to beat the cover off the ball. There's no question of that. I'd say... Fred Couples is gilding the lily a bit. Um, uh, it's, it, ironically, I mean, Justin Thomas was the longest hitter in that particular Masters in 2019. Mm. But uh, I'd say Fred is 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 uh, gilding the lily a bit. But um, it won't be driving distance that Tiger needs there. I mean, it's all going to come down. You're quite right. It's going to come down to the physicality of the thing. Um now, I don't want to personalize this because we're talking about Tiger Woods. But as it happened, uh, in the 2003 Masters, I had uh, a knee replacement, a left knee replacement, in January of that year. So I'd been over it just about three months. Mm. I was actually on a crutch uh, at Augusta. And um, I used... Um, and it was a, it was an extremely wet event that year as well, and we've had quite a bit of rain this year. But I remember that underfoot, 
the conditions were absolutely treacherous for me. I mean, I could... Uh, now, I mean, I'm not for one moment comparing my condition then, my physical condition then with Woods now, but there is a comparison in terms of stability uh, with simply walking. Um, interestingly, Tiger is wearing um, special shoes. They're not Nike shoes, golf shoes, they're, um, they're foot toys. And um, they're actually spikes with which are treated with a carbon cover, I think you know. So, if you're not talking about bare metal, but the effect is effect is is basically the same. So he's clearly concerned about stability mm. in terms of the uh, contours of Augusta, which are, as we know, uh, are famed. And um, um, as to whether he's been foolhardy. Um, I suspect that he's been told, um, he's been warned as to uh, the the danger of slipping and falling. Mm. Um, But uh, in terms of the stability of the right leg, I would say he's been given the all clear on that one. Uh, I would say the leg is strong enough and stable enough to last the four rounds. It's whether the muscles... Uh, which uh, have yet to recover fully uh, from that horrific crash. Whether they've recovered sufficiently is another matter. He's still in pain. Um, Now, again, I'm not a medical person, but it would bother me that he is still in pain. Even even non-active, he's in pain, he said. He's basically in constant pain. And... um, Normally, your body tells you pain is a great is effectively your body your body's uh, your body warning you that uh, you're overdoing things. But um, I, I he'll do it. I mean, I I certainly wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put it past him to be in the top ten on Sunday evening. No, I really wouldn't. I know, which is just remarkable. Oh, well, I mean, this is it, Joe. I mean, all bets are off when yeah. it comes to Woods. Um, I went after that accident last year and we saw various graphics of of uh, the damage he had done and everything else. I mean, uh, I couldn't honestly see him playing again mm. at any level. Mm. And not only do we see him coming back, but he's He's starting the, the the major season at Augusta, of all places. He's uh, he's always at a penchant for the dramatic. Let's uh, segue into the Irish contingent. Four of them. We have the rookie in Seamus Power. We have the uh, write him off because he's just crazy enough to do it. Vet- <laughs> veteran in in Padraig Harrington. I love it. I love it. Uh, we have Rory, <laughs> the the superstar, going for the Grand Slam for an an eighth time and uh, increasingly maybe teetering a touch with his game but you just can't write someone that talented off either and then we have Shane Larry who's played some very good golf over the last yeah. couple of weeks so that's an interesting quartet it is um, you think back to Port Rush uh, and the challenge uh, which Larry overcame uh, at Port Rush but you, you, you wonder and you wonder the extent to which the crowd uh, buoyed him along you mm. know and uh, on that, on that uh, remarkable weekend. Shane is good enough. We know that. He's good enough to win at Augusta. Um, I suppose if you were to analyse his game, 
he has everything really. I mean, he's a solid driver of the ball, as as uh, Woods indicated in in 2019. You don't have to be uh, excessively long to win there. Um, his short game is without well, it's certainly well up there with the best of them. Um, if he starts sinking puts, and Shane's a bright guy. I mean, uh, he'll know where to put the ball. He said that he played. He was he played three rounds with Woods, and um, he picked up an awful lot. Uh, I think that was, it, it was in twenty twenty twenty. I think in the November staging, uh, he was with Woods on three in three rounds on that occasion, and he said he learned a lot from that. But. Uh, you just don't know with Shane. I mean, I keep saying about Shane that I, I, I'm disappointed he hasn't won more. But then again, when you look at the results he's uh, put together this season alone, uh, it's been quite remarkable. Yeah, when he wins, he wins big. Here's a yeah. quote from McElroy then coming in here. And it was a eye-catching headline. And he was... Well, the headline is... I'm okay with not winning the Masters. And so what he said was, I guess if I find myself in that position again, be it this year or years down the line, I think being okay with not winning is not a bad thing. I think sometimes the fear of losing can cripple you and make you tentative and not play the golf you want to play. Can I put a, a, a theory to you on that? I feel like down the years he has spoken increasingly about perspective and not being defined by his golf. And I, I, I admire that and I applaud him for it. And I think he, he feels very genuinely about that. But I dare say when he finds himself on the course, that sense of perspective abandons him a touch and he gets as nervous as any player out there. And, and I think at times has really struggled to produce his best golf under pressure. I'm, I, for all his talk of perspective outside of the course, I still think if he's tied for the lead and on the 12th on Sunday, I, I feel like he needs to embrace the, the nervousness he's going to feel because what he's trying to do here is so extraordinary. It, it is extraordinary. And yet, uh, I keep coming back to... to uh to twenty to uh, twenty uh, two thousand and one, when Woods uh, went to Augusta um, with uh, just the one chance of winning the so-called Tiger Slam, uh, he was never going to have this chance again in his life. No, he he could reckon, and um, you know he went out and he did it, and not only that, but. He never got the impression that he wouldn't do it, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm. I, with Rory, I keep saying this. I mean, Rory has to find some sort of steel, competitive steel, that he's mentally going to commit to this particular challenge. There's no point in him dancing around it and pretending that it's not there and that it's, uh, he has plenty of time to do it in and so on and so forth. He's just going to have to confront it and do it. I mean, Nicholas was a great man at saying, at, at, at saying for instance, when he'd be asked uh, over the years of Tiger's reign, he would be asked, did he think Tiger would beat his a record of 18 majors. And uh, his answer was always, yes, I think he will, but he's still got to do it. In other words, we're not going to hand him the additional majors that it's going to take 
to beat my record. He's going to have to go out and do it. And that's really the way Rory, uh, that's the problem that Rory faces, or the challenge, I should say, that Rory faces. Yeah, He has got to go out. I mean, you're making points, uh, quite reasonable points, about his mental attitude to the thing. But at the end of the day, Joe, we're talking about competitive sport, where you're... Like, one of the greatest achievements ever by an Irish uh, sports person, in my view, was when Ronnie Delaney won uh, in Melbourne, and I'm really going back now, uh, the 1,500 metres of Melbourne in 56. And the reason it was so great was because he wasn't the best player, best runner in that field. That's what made it great. He found the ability to compete and win so he, and I mean, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing worse than athletics for putting you in your place in terms of uh, notions about yourself because the uh, figures tell you everything. And Delaney would have known going into that race that he wasn't the best. But he still went out and won. And that's what Rory has to convince himself. That, mm. all right, it really doesn't matter what the other guys do. I can only do what I can do myself and go out there and uh, commit himself totally to winning the thing. We all know he has the talent, but talent alone won't do it, Joe. You know that. Yeah, it's um, a difficult situation for him because his golfing career now, fairly or otherwise, will be defined by doing the Grand Slam and a certain kind of immortality or the wonder kid who never got the Grand Slam job done. You know, and it's Greg Norman unfairly or otherwise is remembered as the guy who didn't win the Masters, not for his, yeah, but his measures. There's been lots of them along the way. Johnny yeah. Miller. Yeah, Johnny yeah. Miller, I remember you wouldn't, it's too, too early for you, but I, I remember the 70s, like when people were, were breathless talking about Johnny Miller mm. and how good this guy was. Mm. I mean, he used to do 63s for fun. Yeah. Uh, and he won two majors and that was it. And uh, disappeared. And nobody ever figured why. I know there were injuries involved, but he just seemed to lose his appetite for the game or he didn't have what was necessary to compete on the same level as as Nicholas at that time. And um, golf is full of stories like that. Yeah. I mean, players who were hugely gifted but didn't deliver for some reason or other. Now, you'd have to say that Rory has had a seriously good career, whatever the outcome is. If you were to stop now, he has had a very fine career. He's had four major wins. Uh, he's won the FedEx twice. Um, you know, there's been loads of tournaments. He won the Irish Open, which was a huge boost to the event when it happened in 2016. I would, uh, I would, I wouldn't think that it should be his career should be defined by this grass lab. If you think about it, Joe, it's an invention. It's a media invention anyway. This Grand Slam thing. I mean, it didn't exist um, 30, 40 years ago, 40 years ago. Mm. It only came into existence, I think, um, when Arnold Palmer uh, was going to the Open. He won, he won the Masters and the U.S. Open in 1960, and then he was going on to uh, the Centenary Open at St. Andrews, and um, he put it to... Uh, a scribe who was with him at the time from Pittsburgh, and he said, if I was to win this and then go on and win the PGA, what would they call it? And um, 
he was told they'd call it the Grand Slam. Wow. Here you go. You learn, you learn something every day. I've got to go, well, unfortunately. I'm being told to wrap this up. <laughs> That's right. So. Uh, listen, we'll, if, if so Rory... If, rambling as usual. Far from it. If McElroy <laughs> wins, if McElroy wins, we'll go big on Monday. Don't worry. Thanks so much. No problem, Joe. Good to talk to you. Likewise. Dermot Gleeson there, Sunday Independent.